Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artists, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Yes, welcome to another episode of Bright Side with Technicia. Now, this uh, past day, because today's Thursday, so Tuesday, oh, boy, we went off a whole nother journey, didn't we? We both been talking about the man's background. We got into the spiritual blessings and everything, I tell you. Just so I say, you never know which way this show will actually go. There's no script, so, hey, I, you don't actually have to stay on topic all the time, so that's a good thing. But today I am welcoming back a special friend again. Everyone, you probably remember Jeff Rasslin. And if you don't, then that means you need to check out my archive because you're not a true fan if you're not doing so. <laughs> but Jeff Rasslin was here one time before when we were talking about the Himalayas, the trekking, and all that good stuff. So you're going to have to archive it to find it because I am not about to go through all that with you. But anyhow, to give you a little recap, Jeff Rasley is an author. He has published over, uh, he has done about eight books. Now, Jeff Rasley has this new book out. It's a memoir, actually. It's called Hero's Journey, John Ritter, the Chip Hilton of Goshen, Indiana, a memoir. And it's really about, um, it's part memoir about a childhood heroes and part biography of John Ritter, who is, the best basketball player from his hometown and still holds all the scoring records. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, how it came about. Uh, we're going to talk about what makes an extra hero, especially for children, right? That's all I think about um, when it comes to heroes, Batman, Superman. We probably had a few heroes. What's some of your favorite heroes that you grew up on? I don't think I actually had one. I would probably say Maybe Wonder Woman. Um, that's probably about my only one that I actually had, but I never probably actually idolized her. But if I pick one, I'll go with Wonder Woman. I always wanted to just rip my shirt apart and say, I'm Wonder Woman, wear that W, right? But anyhow, enough about all that. We're just going to be talking about what makes an actual hero, why individual and nations need heroes, and how they're probably used and abused. So, if you call in, do so at 347-426-3751. I almost forgot my call-in number just that quick. Again, 347-426-3751. I'm not going to probably open the chat box because you're the only one who to the chat box. You'd like to call in. So do that. If you have any questions afterwards, you know we always want to take those. And if you're listening to the replay, thank you so much. Make sure you share it with everyone. Anyhow, Jeff, thank you so much for coming back onto the show. It's great to have you again. I love when my guests come back. Thank you, technicians. Good to be back with Wonder Woman. Yes, yes. So, um, so let's catch up a little bit, Jeff. How how have things been for you since the last time we spoke? I think that was about two years per se, or 2015. Yeah, that's that's right. 
Um, last time we spoke about my uh, adventures in the Himalayas and the uh, yeah. the foundation that I started over there to uh, help develop uh, schools up in mountain villages. And since then, we had a terrible thing happen over in Nepal, which were two terribly devastating earthquakes uh, back in April of 2015. So uh, I've spent a lot of time and effort in this last year trying to uh, raise money to help rebuild Basa Village, which is the the uh, community that we've uh, made as, as our model for culturally sensitive development uh, in Nepal. So that's been a major focus of mine, but I managed to write this book, Hero's Journey, uh, in the last year, and it just came out uh, last month. Well, that's awesome. I ended up getting the book on Amazon Kindle. You can order that through Kindle. You can also get a paperback. You know, I really love my paperback, but hey, I went on, stepped out, did my little technology, and did the e-book. <laughs> Couldn't find out I got about actually like ten ebooks. I'm like, oh wow, I've been um, posting and ordering. I see. But um, so John, what actually made you want to start writing this memoir? What made you go out to discover what happened to John and and why? Well, he's a, a fascinating story. Uh, he was when I was growing up. He was this older boy who was the best athlete in our town. He was the best football player, basketball player, baseball player. And he was such a perfect, almost perfect kid. He was the sort of boy that other parents would say, you know, why can't you be more like John? Uh, He was a straight-A student, had the highest SAT score in his class, and he was a, a really good guy. You know, he wasn't conceited. He was humble. He was even a little bit shy. Uh, had a great sense of humor. It's like he was almost perfect. And he went off from uh, our town, Goshen, Indiana, to become a star on the IU Hoosiers basketball team. Was on the uh, Bobby Knight's uh, first Final Four team, which. Uh, lost to UCLA, led by Bill Walton, coached by John Wooden. Uh, John Wooden tried very hard to recruit John Ritter. Uh, But anyway, so, you know, he had this uh, great life, a lot of talent. Uh, He was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Indiana Pacers. But for some reason, and even though I've tried to find out, I actually don't know for sure, why, but he he didn't make it on either of those teams and uh, was in coaching for a while, was an assistant coach at Ole Miss down south there near you, and then came back to Indiana, took a job as an executive with Eli Lilly Company, which is um, r- really one of the biggest and uh, most prestigious companies in Indiana, and looked like he was on a great career track, and after a few years there, he disappeared, and I would hear rumors about what happened to him, um, And uh, but years went by, and I didn't know what happened to this guy who'd been 
you know, kind of a childhood hero to me, somebody I, I really looked up to. And one day, a friend of mine uh, called me up. And he said, you won't believe who I met last night. And he proceeded to tell me about how he got in a cab out at the Indianapolis airport, and there was this huge, fat, bald guy who was the cab driver, and he noticed the cab driver's name was John Ritter. Well, this guy, this mm-hmm. friend of mine, had been a, he was a basketball fan and, and had played ball himself. So he just asked, uh, did you ever play basketball? Uh, and he said, yeah, I'm that John Ritter and proceeded to tell him this very sad story about uh, having a a bitter divorce, uh, developing a drinking problem, becoming depressed, and uh, had been homeless for a time and was now just driving a cab to survive and often living out of his cab. So when he told me this, this really sparked my interest, I didn't really do anything about it in terms of either trying to contact John or write about it, but what I did do is I wrote Bob, Coach Bob Knight a letter, who at that point was still the coach at Indiana University, and asked him if he knew uh, John's situation. And Knight responded, said he did, said that his door was open to John, and John knew that, but John had not walked through it. And that was in 1995. And I didn't hear... Yeah, yeah. So I really didn't hear anything more about John for another 10 years. Uh, But then in 2005, there was an article in our local paper, the Indianapolis Star, about ticket scalping, and it uh, had several paragraphs in it about how there's this huge bald man you could see outside of Indiana University's uh, basketball stadium where the Indiana Pacers um, scalping tickets, and it was a former IU star, John Ritter. And so... uh, Oh wow! So he's moved on from cab from being a homeless cabbie to scalping tickets. Um, but again, I didn't really do anything about it. I just, you know, made this mental note. But I was really intrigued. You know, how could this guy who had been so perfect, had so much talent, brains, you know, have ended up like this? Well, mm-hmm. time went on, and uh, there was a, another article that I came across, which said that he was now um, the office manager at a local ticket brokerage office called Circle City Tickets, which made me think, hey, you know, he's, you know, he's climbed out of that hole he was in. He's got a regular job. So I decided I wanted to contact him, and I thought this would be at least a very interesting article, if not a book, so I called him up, uh, and uh, he uh, said that he was, you know, happy to talk to me, but he would refuse to be interviewed about an article or a book. And he said the reason was that if he was going to do that, he would have to tell the whole truth 
uh, and he didn't want to tell me some of the things about his life that would be published because he didn't want his children or grandchildren uh, to read that. And which was very disappointing, but on the other hand, I thought, well, you know, this is the John Ritter we we knew back when I was a kid because right. he's, he's making this ethical decision, you know, not to hurt other people, but at the same time, if he was going to do something, he had to tell the truth. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that's, that's the way he had been. Well, so I thought, well, I'll just let it drop, but it was just this sort of itch that got under my skin. And you know, Technisha, how writers and artists are, it's something starts bugging you. Yep, so I had to scratch it. So I just, (laughs) I started uh, researching uh, what had happened to him, interviewing people, and and, uh, really tracked down how his life had gone. And what struck me was that his life followed this track that has been called the hero journey uh, that anthropologists and uh, uh, scholars have written about, that in myths and legends, there's this typical hero journey, which is... uh, the hero starts out as a young, usually a man, young man who's a champion, you know, who conquers the enemy uh, or in athletics wins the championships, brings home trophies, uh, protects the community, uh, the, the sort of classical thing, way that we think about heroes as the, the winners Why? in our community. But then what happens in the hero journey is the hero falls, the hero is defeated, the hero fails, uh, and has to leave the community, is even uh, rejected by the community as a failure because he's no longer a winner, no longer a champion. And then the hero has to enter the time where it's called the desert or the abyss, where he wanders on his own alone, And eventually, to complete the journey, he comes back to the community and once again rejoins, but now as an older, wiser man, uh, a teacher, a sage, a philosopher. And uh, I thought, wow, doesn't that track John's life? And uh, people that I've interviewed who've uh, bought tickets from him at Circle City Tickets tell me that he's as honest as the day is long. Uh, if he doesn't have the best deal for you, he'll tell you where to go, that he's as kind, uh, thoughtful, truthful person as the kid that we know. But uh, the journey he's made has, in a way, brought him back to being the person where he started, but as older, wiser, and has been through some some terrible, terrible things that I go into the book. But so what, you know, as I was writing, you know, researching and, and discovering his story, what it also made me think about, and this is what the John's story is featured in the book, but what the 
the issue that the book actually tackles and goes into a lot of other, the stories of other heroes, is what is a real hero now? Because in our culture, presently, you'll, you'll hear the term used just as likely for somebody who's a victim as uh, a rescuer, like the, the people who died in 9-11 are often referred mm-hmm. to as heroes. I just, just yesterday I was reading an article in Sports Illustrated about an NFL player uh, who gives uh, a lot of time and money to helping abused women, and, which is a wonderful thing. And he, in the article, is quoted as saying, these women are the real heroes. Well, you know, they're, they're victims. And so there's been a huge shift in how we think about heroes. And it's come about fairly recently. You know, when when I was a kid, of course, Technicia, you're so much younger than me, maybe not for you, but, you know, n- nobody would have referred to victims as heroes. You know, heroes were the, the winners, the champions, right. the, the Donald Trumps, uh, the self-proclaimed hero Donald Trump. But even then, we weren't using the term in the classical sense, because in the classical sense, a hero, you were not a hero until you had made the journey where you had, yes, you know, you'd been a success, but then you had to experience failure and you had to come back from that failure and, you know, and then be a a wiser, uh, a teacher, uh, somebody who gave value out of wisdom uh, rather than just winning battles. So that's, you know, the book is about how the, the our understanding of what a hero is has changed, and uh, it, Why? it addresses that through, you know, examples and, and uh, Why? there's and a lot of fun to write. Right, and you even say that in Chapter 3, you know, we change, our heroes change, and as you said in the beginning, you know, once you start getting older, that image that you had at nine years old changed. Hey, you're not the same anymore. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't fancy you like I did when I was nine years old. I'm grown. I'm a man now. I understand what's the reality of things, and I, I think that I think that we can all relate to that. Um, listeners, myself as well. We don't have that same idea. Of course, I'm not running here running with a cape anymore telling Wonder Woman or Batman or Superman. Oh, okay, now I do have a shirt, Batman and Superman. I won't. I do have a shirt. But it's not like, okay, I'm I'm eager to go put on a Batman outfit and think I'm going to save the world. You know, you grow up, things do change. The, um, the world, like you said, from the world of fact or the pages of fiction, and it's a it's awesome book because you actually go into details um, talking about the heroes that we actually choose, whether they're real or imagined. Yeah, and what the the conclusion I reached is that mm-hmm. how however we look at heroes and whoever the heroes of our childhood might be, as we mature and we ourselves gain wisdom then what the, the value of the hero is not that that hero 
never loses and, and always wins. The value of the hero is that the hero represents ideals. You know, Superman represents strength. Uh, Batman represents cleverness. Um, and, and historically, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., um, Jesus Christ represent compassion, love. And so the, our heroes, the, the, the person becomes less important, and what becomes important is to remember those ideals that we want to try to live up to in our own life. And that's what heroes give us. They point the way to how to be the best that we can be. And uh, in fact, I, I identified three basic virtues that uh, the greatest heroes have, which is courage, wisdom, and compassion. And when you you uh, combine those three, you have you know the, the truly great heroes of history, as well as fiction and and legend. And you know if you think about it, uh, Jesus, uh, Buddha, Moses, um, Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi. Those people all manifested those those three great virtues because they were very courageous, you know, were willing to sacrifice their life for what they believed in. They were wise and they they were teachers, and uh, they had tremendous compassion, you know, empathy, understanding for other people. So, um, you know, that's sort of the the ultimate takeaway. Uh, from the book is heroes show us how to be better people and how to create better communities. Right. They do. Um, but we, we do, we put them on a, we put them on a pedestal and then when they fail, we, we have so much hatred, even in reality with these celebrities for an, an example, when they go out, they do something spectacular. We love them, and as soon as they make a mistake, it looks like the world is against them. But we're the ones who put them up there on that pedestal. They didn't put themselves up there, but we have done that. Um, and, John, as, as far as it goes, like, um, why do you think individuals and nations need these heroes as much? Why do we even need them? Why? Why we just can't believe in ourselves? Because to me, I feel like I'm a hero myself. Well, I think you're right. Uh, but the question is, how how do we learn what is the what is our best self? How do we learn how to do that? Now, you know, Socrates, uh, who's a hero to <laughs> intellectuals and philosophers said uh, the, the beginning of wisdom is to know thyself. So you could just be introspective and, you know, think uh, deeply about what you care about, uh, what your, you know, true values are, and then and then be true to them and, and live uh, being guided by your values, and that would be living your best self. And that's actually what, what my last book uh, was about, but um, I think, you know, for most of us, just looking inside, may not, we may not be able to find the answers there. Uh, 
and heroes give us the examples. Um, some educators would say the, the, the only way we really learn is by example and analogy. So, you know, you know so much right now. You're a certain level of understanding. How do you make the leap to a higher level of understanding? It's you see an example that's gone, you know, beyond, is higher than where you are now in your own understanding, and then you make that leap, take, take that next step. So um, in that sense, I think that's the purpose heroes serve. But And, and it is interesting how, uh, you, you know, you're right that when we, we idolize somebody, a TV star, celebrity, whatever, sports star, uh, and then they do something that, that we think is wrong, bad. And we are so quick to knock them off the pedestal. We, uh, you know, we almost have this sort of strange, uh, bizarre uh, attitude of we love them when they're fulfilling our expectations. But boy, if they, uh, you know, they don't do what we want them to, if they don't live up to our expectations, then we will post terrible things in social media and you know grind them down into the dirt and in a way that's that's what happened to uh John Ritter and why his story is is really this you know this classic journey that so many uh great personalities have gone through uh, and why somebody who is looked upon as a hero or a role model uh, that people look up to, and then they take a fall, if they're going to come back, what they generally do will, is in one way or another, they'll sort of go into hiding. They'll have this time in the desert, like Jesus had his 40 days in the desert. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's because they they need to understand who they are now at a deeper level themselves. And before they can come back to the community and, and once again add any value, they have to be at a higher, deeper understanding, uh, and then they can offer that to the community. And, um, you know, just really just about any, uh, any great hero uh, who's, who is continued throughout history to be looked at that way uh, you can see that journey. Um, you know, another example I use is Abraham Lincoln. I mean, his bouts of depression are well known. Um, you know, he lost uh, an election to Congress uh, before he won. Um, he had, uh, you know, really terrible, uh, sad, depressing things occur in his life, the loss of a child, uh, but he managed to come back from that and become, you know, what many people would say would be our greatest president, the one who was able to reunite the country. Right. And, um, you know, just getting more into the book, you know, I'll read a little, I read a little bit and peek this on John, um, ran out his basketball team, you know, he had the normal life, um, had a normal life, you know, I think we all went through that. You read it on me, you told on me. <laughs> oh, but 
it, it's a great it's a great story on him though. It really is. Once you really get deep into it, you feel like you're part of his life. Like this is me. Getting ridiculed, getting shined upon, getting tormented because I made one mistake, you know. Yeah. And I, um, I, I, that really goes, I guess, Jeff, when you read more into I guess that goes into the next part of the discussion of how they are used and abused. But we're going to take a short commercial break, and we're going to come back with Jeff on that of how heroes get used and how they get abused. So please do not touch that dial. I want to make sure that you stay tuned for this because this is some interesting topics, Jeff. I'm I'm really getting enthused by this, and we're going to talk about how you can go about against Jeff Book. So stay tuned. Do not touch that dial. We will definitely be right back after this short commercial break. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Talk Radio, baby. Blue is my favorite color. What's yours? What's yours? Red is my favorite color. What's yours? What's yours? Well, yeller is sweller for this little feller. And me, I'm keen on green. So what's your favorite color? Kids will spend 20 minutes listening to songs like this. Favorite color? Tell us, please. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite? How about two minutes to brush their teeth? Brushing for two minutes now can save your child from severe tooth pain later. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. Two minutes, twice a day. They have the time. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ad Council. All right, we're back with Jeff Rasley, and we're talking about the memoir of John Ritter, going into details. And, Jeff, you never actually got an interview with this guy at all. Why? How come? Yeah, that's right. Um, I and at first I was so disappointed that uh, although he was willing to talk to me, he he wouldn't uh, go on the record and, and let me do a formal interview. I I thought, ah, okay, you know, ditch this idea. Um, but the more I thought about it, in some ways, it it makes the book more real and and true to his story. Um, because of the the stand he took that he he thought uh telling some of the about some of the troubles he had um that where he was living a life that he was not at all proud of uh and where he had gone from being this uh young man who would not drink smoke cuss uh and was always so kind and and such a good guy to really uh, living the life of uh, uh, an alcoholic, homeless, uh, even involved in some uh, probably criminal activity. Um, Why? Yeah. So, so uh, it, it, it in a way it intrigued me even more to for me to to try to figure out how I could tell that story by. Uh, by just researching and interviewing other people, and 
explain in the book why John wouldn't let me interview him. So, uh, yeah, that's how it went. Wow. Um, and it does go into details about being in gangs, who clicked up, and everything. I'm telling you, this book is so awesome. You really have to get in detail. And it does um, have that information that Jeff just spoke on, but you have to read that. That'd be farther up on, in the chapter of the book. Now, John, let's go into details of how um, heroes actually get used and, and abused a little bit. Well, one of the stories uh, in the book, and I have, uh, you know, sort of, uh, short vignettes about a, a lot of different heroes that is a good example of this is Brett Favre. So, you know, Brett Favre, record-setting NFL quarterback, uh, beloved by the Packer fans, uh, led the Packers to their first Super Bowl in years and so forth. Um, but what uh, a lot of people didn't know is he had a serious drinking problem. Uh, his wife, at one point uh, in his career, left him and uh, said, you know, you either quit drinking or I'm not coming back. And he did. So he weathered that storm. His marriage weathered that storm. And, and he went on to have the, to finish that great career. But then at the very end of his career, he leaves the Packers uh, spends two not very great seasons as a Minnesota Viking, which is, you know, the, one of the Packers' hated enemies. So he's become a traitor. And then to top that off, he gets caught in a sexting scandal where he was, you know, texting images of his private parts to a, another woman. And, um, you know, so once again, his reputation, uh, his marriage is being tested. Uh, and this guy who was worshipped as a hero, at least by Packer fans, is now the, the goat who is ridiculed and humiliated. Um, and, and, you know, in a way, rightfully so. I mean, we certainly don't want to encourage sexting to other women when when you're married or uh, drinking problems, um, although many other people do that and get away with it and no big deal. But anyway, so but he managed to come back from that. His wife stood by him. Uh, they went through counseling. Uh, the marriage was saved. And you still see him on TV uh, as the spokesman and uh, advertising for blue jeans and other products. And, you know, so his story is one of really amazing resilience and unwillingness to, to be defeated, even though he committed these uh, embarrassing sins and was humiliated publicly for it. So that's, you know, that's one example. Um, but there, there are many others of how uh, we can put somebody up on a pedestal, and if they do something we don't like, we are certainly quick to knock them down 
And then, you know, the question becomes, can they pick themselves back up? Uh, and a lot don't. Uh, if you think about all the rock stars uh, who've committed suicide or either drunk or drugged themselves into oblivion, uh, same is true for a lot of uh, ex-athletes. You know, a lot of people just who have been up on that pedestal can't cope with it when uh, either when they're knocked off or they fall off or nobody's paying attention to them anymore because they've aged out of uh, the ability to perform uh, what we all love them for. You know, Muhammad Ali is another really interesting example. I mean, yeah. here's the best, best boxer of all time, this, you know, beautiful guy, just, uh, you know, an amazing personality, so charismatic. He sure was, and like I said, Jeff, I'm not cutting you off. I even said that on my um, previous show this week about how he already said he was great before anyone told him he was great, and that's what we all have to think of. When when I think of a hero, as far as that, I think of him, because that's how we have to think of ourselves when we're becoming leaders, even when we're teaching our children. When you have to start off great. You gotta already think it before you even start. My even my mentor even taught me that. You gotta start you gotta already know it in you that you're great before you start and he knew it. Yeah, and the other thing about him is that's so that's so interesting and, and you think about the like the hero journey as I described is as a young boxer, you know, he's this brash, loud mouth guy who's trash talking and a show off. Um, and then he goes from that to taking this unbelievably courageous stand against the Vietnam War and for civil rights. I mean, he combined those two movements in in one when he refused to be drafted and uh and then is kicked out of boxing loses his license at the height of his career but manages to come back from that and having not boxed for four years come back and of course he loses the the first fight with frazier but then wins the second beats george foreman beats frazier again has the this just amazing stellar career and as and, and then as his boxing career comes to the end and he's obviously been uh beaten up so badly and, and eventually we know you know he has parkinson's but he transitions into this wise old elder statesman and he still, you know, travels all over the world, even as he's losing the ability to speak, just giving from his own soul to other people. And, you know, he's a great example of uh, the combining courage, wisdom, compassion, and and being the real hero after he's no longer a champion. Right. Um you know, you even you even go into details. Like I said, this book goes way into details about all of that, pointing out 
the point blank because that was a struggle trying to even get him to do the interview, and he ref- he refused because he didn't want people to know his his story, and that's what makes a great story, you know. And I agree with you when I read that part in the book. Hey, you tell your story to help someone else who may be going through bad times because everyone has somehow in one time become a fallen star, even a parent who was a role model to their children may became a fallen star, didn't live up to your child's expectations like they wanted you to. And um, have, So have you heard back from him since you published um, this book? Well, that's an interesting little side story. I, uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned the, the last conversation I had with John in the book, um, when I, I tell him that I'm, you know, I, I, I've gone ahead and I've written a book and, and, uh, ask him if, if he would like to make any comment before it's published that I could include in the book. And he says, no, I'll just, I'll read it when, after it's published. So, uh, after it came out, I went over to Circle City Tickets and now mind you, I have not actually seen him because our conversations were all uh on the phone and um so i haven't i haven't actually been in his presence uh since he graduated from high school in 1969 but anyway so uh so the book came out i took a copy over to circle city um and i had this really mixed feeling i mean i I was really sort of twisted up inside about whether I, I actually wanted to meet him or not, uh, because he'd become, I, I mean, I'd lived with him in my mind for so long and, uh, spending a year researching and writing the book. It was almost like I was afraid to meet the real person, but as it turned out, he was tied up at that moment. So I just left the, the book there. And, uh, waited a while and then called him and asked him if we could get together and he said yeah uh and uh call him i was leaving town for canada and he said you know call me when you get back from canada well i got back uh just end of last week gave him a call first of this week left a voicemail have not heard back from him so it's been uh uh, on Monday is when I called him. He hasn't returned my call yet, so I'll give it another few days and I'll try again. But uh, I I don't know. You know, he said he was willing to get together and talk, um, but we'll see. Right, but th- but just doing this memoir makes you feel that you know him much more than you ever did when you were nine, right, Jeff? Oh, yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, he was just this this image. I mean, even though uh, he was there in my town and I saw him performing all these great feats on the athletic field and and passing in life, uh, I, I didn't really know him. But after you spend months... Uh, reading about somebody, interviewing other people, talking about him, thinking about him, writing about him. It's like he, I, I, I knew him as well as my best friends, even though I 
really only had a few phone conversations with him and hadn't seen him uh, since 1969. Wow. That's a good long time not to have spoken or seen someone, but I love the part in your book where you say, we might think we know them, but when they're allies, they become more like treasured memories that just in our minds as archetypal characters rather than living, breathing human beings with thoughts and feelings of their own. And that is true. You know what? That's so true when you really think about it and you really marinate on that. If we can... We can really think of them as just human beings. They breathe the same way, put on their pants the same way, use the bathroom the same way. We would be all right if people really stopped doing that. But when will we actually stop doing that? Because that still carries on today. Beyonce go do something. We want to bash her so badly. It's like, oh, my gosh, she just, she's human. She, by the end of the day, she's still a woman. My God, yes. She has a stage name. Yes, she's a celebrity, but, my God, we put these people up there, and when they fail you, we go after them like vultures. But I love that. That's why I love that last part. we got to start thinking of them. Hey, he's, this is still the same person with two feet, two legs, came in this world just like you and everyone else. They just was able to stretch a little farther and get themselves where they need to get to. They make one mistake, and now it's about to kill them. That's why I don't allyze. I don't. I don't allyze celebrities. Mm-mm. I don't, and I try not to get my girls to allyze. Now, if you want to allyze somebody, maybe you could allyze Obama. You could probably do that a little bit. Probably somebody who's in politics or, or so. But don't set your heart on them so much to the point where if they make that one mistake, you are so devastated. Yeah, it's really almost a a pathology, this uh, celebrity worship. I mean, you know, Beyonce, she's beautiful, she sings, she dances. I mean, that's talent. And and it's certainly, you know, it's admirable. It's like, wow, you know, what a talent. But to think that she owes her public anything more than that is kind of crazy. Right, you are mistaken. And even even for John, he wanted to help when he was down and out and became, of course, the huge drunk. But then nobody want to remember that. They don't want to remember that. That what that to me is what makes the hero. He went through his falling times, built himself up. But you don't want to. No one wants to remember that. No one wants to remember the bad times. We like the good times. But to me, aren't those what makes the good times the way they are when you all went through the threshold of the bad times? I mean, I'm, I'm just stating my own opinion, but, you know, that's the way of the world, though, Jeff. If we really look at it, people want to remember what they want to remember. And then, soon as you, then they, want to critical, they want to ridicule the man and bash him, oh, that he's nothing now. He was nothing then, and mm. yeah. But you know, well, and 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 John's story is is such a again, you know, a classic example of that. So here's this guy who, for our hometown, uh, still holds all the scoring records in basketball. Was the captain of 
the basketball and the baseball team that made it further in the state tournament than any other team still to this day, uh, you know, almost 50 years later. And so he's lost his job at Lilly. Uh, he's been divorced. He's been depressed. He's got a drinking problem. And he comes back to his hometown, and he asks the Chamber of Commerce to help him out and find him a job. And they, mm-hmm. and they turn him away. Now, mm-hmm. the the, uh, the the person on the Chamber of Commerce, the the source for that uh, is dead. And so, I all I can do is verify that story by hearsay. But I got I, I have a very good hearsay source, which is the son of the um, the chairman of the Chamber of Commerce. And uh, so anyway, so I I think it's probably true. And it's just, you know, it's heartrending to think this guy who sort of, you know, put our town on the map as far as athletics go and who we all cheered for and looked up to and admired. And then when he needs the town, it rejects him. Right, you throw you you throw him out. This was the man who you idolized so much. As long as he was doing what he had to do to fancy yourself off, you were okay. But as soon as he go through a little crisis, now you disown. Like, who is this guy? Are you kidding me? But that's the reality, and we're still and we and like I said, we're still doing it to this day. It's no it's no getting around that. We're doing it today. Bobby Brown, all of them. Whitney Houston, even in Delft, people talk about her. Christina, her, even her daughter, they they talk about her. Oh, she's she's going to end up being like her mother. Really, really. If the media had played a part in this, if they hadn't even opened up or exposed their life to you, would you have still? Would you bash her? Then no, you wouldn't have, because you would have thought she was the perfect little girl for you. These people are, that's why, like you said in your book, if we idolize them as being a human being and stop idolizing them like they're a Greek god, we'll probably be all right. These people are human. They smoke, excuse me for saying, they, some of them um, snort heroin up their nose. They're human. My God. They're not to be idolized, but you choose to do that. Then you want to have your lip poked out when they don't do like you want. What you want them to do? What you want them to do? Because they can't be they can't be Hades. They can't be all these Greek gods that you want them to be. They're they're not mythology. They're actually and hey, those would sometimes appear to be true as well. But these are actually human beings. I don't know well, a celebrity who have not made a mistake out here, and and they get they get tormented. And I'm sorry they he has it, but I'm glad Jeff you took it upon yourself to still tell this man's story because I didn't know of him at all. And especially not watching sports. Yeah, I'm guilty. I don't watch sports as much, but um, you know, it's good to know about his life, his legacy. Well, like Jesus said, let him who is without sin throw the first stone. That man, it seems like people are really quick to pick up those stones uh, when... Uh, yeah, they are. Quick stones. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right, they are. They quick to throw them stones. But as they say, he without sin can cast the first stone. They said without sin. 
cast the first stone. If you're not where I stand, don't be casting your stones, but we still do. And we still are judgmental. We we still disobedient. But you, uh, well, I guess, you know, when you really think, now going deeper into it, Jeff, when you think about it with Jesus Christ, yeah, we idolize him and then some bash him too, call him a traitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they be harsh. Yeah, and you mentioned sure. that too. And, um, you also go into that too, George Washington, all those. Uh, um, what about Napoleon? No, no, did anybody ever bash him? Hmm. Well, I mean, well, um, yeah. Hitler. What about Hitler? Did we bash him a little bit? I mean, I mean, that's bad. <laughs> there are some people that ask me bashes that we don't bash. You know, they get away with stuff. Um. Of course, we know Abe, yeah, like you mentioned in your book, yeah. Yeah, he got bashed, too, but trying to, trying to be on the right side with slavery, you know. But they all become mm-hmm. they all become stories. They become stories just for us to actually promote, to let our children know of these great heroes. But uh, like I said, I'm glad that you uh, brought this story about and, it's a wonderful story, and I hope his story continues on. And, John, wherever you are, your story is not going unrecognized. You are human. We know that everyone makes mistakes, but it's what you do to grow from those mistakes, and that's, that's what makes a true hero to me, someone who made their, who made their mistake and not afraid to shine from it to let you know, hey, I tread this trail, but I'm going to keep on fighting the fight. That's what makes a true hero. And, Jeff, you have out, you really have stated that throughout this whole story. Well, I really appreciate that, Technicia. Um, oh, you're so I, welcome. I, I enjoy your company when you come on. I do. <laughs> I enjoy your company. I'm glad that you came back with this. Well, it's always it's a delight to talk to you. I mean, we've we've had a couple of wonderful conversations, and I I get a lot out of it too. It it uh, makes me think even more deeply about uh, a book I just finished writing. Oh wow! So so we're working on another book as as we're <laughs> speaking right now. Oh wow! Uh, no, I no, I'm not ready for that yet. I gotta I gotta spend okay. a while. Promoting this one, and and right. uh, af- after a while, we'll see if the inspiration strikes for another one. Uh, the more you get deeper into the book, just basically it is on John Ritter, but the whole purpose of it is the fact of just speaking out to heroes that we idolize from our childhood memories that. Some of us, you, we, like like we said earlier, we we all idolize because that's human, you know. We had we had these figures to idolize. We wanted somebody to comfort us, to protect us. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, whoever. Even if it was a villain, you probably idolize just to do some trickery. But as Jeff said in his book, choosing a hero is a delicate business, one that shouldn't be undertaken vigorously. For the heroes that we choose, whether real or imagined, from the world of fact or the pages of fiction, which is determined 
to a greater or lesser degree the things that we do, and ultimately, if we allow them the privilege, the lives we will lead are well quoted. That that it is is beautiful. It is Thank really you. beautiful. So for each and every adult around the world right now listening, it's your time. Go back if you can. Just go back to that time. Who did you idolize? Who, what memories did you cherish? Are those memories still being cherished to this day? I mean, that was something that kept you going. Those were things that made you smile. Your fairy tale, Cinderella, Snow White. We all had them. Did you did you throw them away? Did you just put them back in your book bag when you became a parent? Did you forget how it was being a child? Because I haven't. I mean, sometimes I still like to maintain. I like to maintain that little part of my mind somewhere, somewhere. Don't let your busy lives overpower what you actually grew up on. So we get so caught up being a parent, working hard, have our own children. We forget that that's what made us. That's what made us smile. That's what's still guiding you today, as one of my guests told me. Your inner child is still guiding you. That tells you no. That's what makes you think second time. When you were a child, what you did, you hid, you ran. You knew to say no. You knew to say no to strangers. You knew not to take that candy. That's what made us. Our inner child is somewhere in us, and it's okay to pull it out today. And it's okay if you still idolize that hero, your parent, whoever you idolize. Keep that. That's a part of you. That's who we are. That's who we become. That's who some of us want to still become. But once again, Jeff, I really do um, thank you for this. Um, giving us the insight into what we probably have lost and didn't want to really think about or discuss, but this is part of us. This is our reality. Everyone has that hero. You brought a hero to us. We're going to learn more about him. Please, um, Jeff, give us the information where we can get your fine book. Um, I know I say to Amazon, are there any other places that this book is? Um, in any other bookstores? Yeah, it, it, if it's not in your favorite bookstore, your uh, bookstore can order it, so they'll know how to do that. But uh, yeah, it's immediately available on Amazon and ebook and paperback and and the other online distributors. And I have a website and this book and my other books and also information about uh, our foundation in Nepal are all on my website, which is www.jeffrey.com. So it would be wonderful if any listeners visit and leave me a message. Yes, and I hope we answered all your questions. Um, Jeff, I think he really got into it. There's probably not any other questions that we probably could have answers, and then we don't want to give out too much detail because the memoir really explains it all. It goes into whatever Jeff was talking about. It goes really into detail, and it's, I mean, it will blow your mind away. But before I leave you today, listeners, the truth of the day from my friend Mary Ellen is this. Become free to pursue your goals. 
the freedom to pursue your goals without judgment or restrictions is one of your of the basic foundations America is built upon. Those who those of you in other countries should have this freedom as well. Anywhere you find love in the world, you can feel this freedom connection by seeking out like-minded people who you can share your journey and experiences. Through feeling supported, you will find it easier to achieve your goals. Today, seek out like-minded people. Enjoy the day, everyone. Go find your true hero. Go find that true hero today. Matter of fact, if you don't find it, you be a hero to somebody. Especially with our youth, we all need to be heroes to our babies out here. That's right. So you go be a hero, find a hero, just be hero, heroic today. <laughs> but once again, Jeff, thank you for coming on. I hope to have you again once you finish on your other book. You take your time. I am here to truly welcome you again. But my listeners, please, if you listen to the archive, you know where to um, share the information Get this book. It's grand. But I will see you the next time on the Bright Side with Technicia. I love you. God loves you. You have a blessed plan. Stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to the Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 